Whew. My life was a mess without Jesus. Amy's life was a mess without Jesus. Everything that I am today of any value whatsoever is because of him. We claim no righteousness of our own. And if you had seen us where God found us, you would not have seen the treasure that he saw in us. And many of you look in the mirror and you see a trash heap. You see a mess. You see a train wreck. You see a hopeless situation. But if you only knew what God saw that he could do in you, with you, and for you today, it would change your life. I want to be out of Mark chapter 8 today and begin reading in verse 36. I've got two verses to read. If you'd honor the reading of God's word by standing, if you're able, I would appreciate that. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 36. Where Jesus said, For what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Father, for the next little while, speak to our hearts through your word. Hide me behind the cross, clothe me with humility. And fill me with your spirit that others might hear and see only Jesus, in whose name we pray, God's children say amen. amen. You can be seated in God's presence. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Today I'm given the assignment to preach to you on this thought, sold to the highest bidder. Sold to the highest bidder. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was quoted once as saying, Consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. Unfortunately today, men trade their souls for things of far less value than what God ever intended. And it is because of the lies of sin, self, Satan, and society that men, women, boys, and girls sell their souls way short of their eternal value and significance. I've heard and you've heard even of teenagers who take their lives because they don't see any value in their self. They've been told by someone or more than one person that they are this or they are that and they have believed 
that their only purpose for existence is to live in misery and pain and suffering. And they'd rather end it all than to exist in this old corrupt sinful world. Not realizing that uh, this life is only the beginning. That our lives do not end when we take our last breath. They only begin. That your soul is eternal. That you will forever exist in one place or the other. Be it heaven or be it hell. Somebody say amen. amen. And that when God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, he became a living soul. And ever since Adam and Eve, uh, I guess the word would be uh, procreated, uh, had started having children and the earth began to populate uh, Ever since that time, when there is a conception, there is a soul for whom, that God created and for whom Christ died. And you need to understand that there are many bidders present in your life seeking to buy you as cheap as they can, but many of them are willing to outbid others to have you. Think, for example, with me, bitter number one that we would like to call sin. Mr. Sin stands up in your life and he promises you perpetual pleasure. But he only delivers permanent pain in the end. For the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse number 15, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Have you ever heard of the sales technique called, technique called the bait and switch? Amen. Making bigger promises than you've ever intended on performing. Sin does the same thing. It offers you a good time. It offers you what it might even call the best time. But what sin does not advertise to you is its end goal. For the Bible says when it is finished. Let me put it in country terms where you can easily understand it. When sin gets done with you, it will have nothing but death as a result of its consequences in your life. Somebody say amen this morning. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Think of it, a man who grew up in the White House, if you will, of that day. In, the, in, the, in Pharaoh's house, what then was the superpower of the entire higher world and he was a prince of Egypt but when he come to know who he really belonged to uh, he realized uh, the, and he chose according to verse 25 uh, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season oh sure Moses could have lived it up uh, Moses could have had the best that this world had to offer for him but he knew that in the end uh, that he would be found lacking and 
flaunting all that life really was about. Somebody say amen this morning. Uh, Moses realized uh, that what this world had to offer was temporal uh, and that he needed something more permanent, more eternal, more securing, and more promising. So he set out uh, to find God's greatest plan and purpose for his life. Uh, And even though he suffered persecution, he uh, arguably is one of the greatest liberators of all humanity when God used him as the human instrument by which to deliver the children of Israel out of 400 years of Egyptian bondage because he decided to go after God instead of going after sin. Amen. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Listen to me young people. I know they have beautiful advertisements that make all these promises of a good time when you buy Budweiser or when you buy this drink or that soda or this drug and it sounds enticing and they say come for a good time but they don't show the hangovers they don't show the messed up families they don't show the wrecked lives that come as a result and as a consequence they don't show Gary Caudle whenever he had to hear from his brother that his daddy was stabbed in the back with a hunting knife and came within 10 minutes of bleeding to death because his friend was drunk and high on crack. Can I get an amen this morning? Oh, the devil shows you how to start in sin, but he don't show you how you're going to end up in sin. Amen. And God wants me to fast forward and show you the end result of sin this morning and throw up a warning sign. Amen. The Bible says that except ye repent, that is except ye return and turn from your sin to Jesus, ye shall all likewise perish. And the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 for the wages of sin is death that means uh, if you trade your soul for sin uh, all you will end up with is not only a physical death uh, but an eternal death in hell separated from God in a place called the lake of fire let me tell you bitter number one uh, will promise you perpetual pleasure but he only delivers uh, uh, permanent pain and you need to realize uh, that bitter number one does not have the best offer on the table for you and contrary to his lies and contrary to his sales pitch think about for example King David in the Bible where the Bible said uh, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse number 9 wherefore hast thou desired the commandment of the Lord uh, excuse me despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight Uh, this was the prophet of God uh, preaching to King David calling him out for his sin and he said thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain or killed him with the sword by the children of Ammon and this is what the Bible said now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite 
to be thy wife. You see, even King David had all the pleasures that this world had to offer and lust was still not satisfied. He had all the women that he wanted, but yet his lust was still not happy until he went and killed another man to have his wife and to hide the sin of adultery. You see, sin will lie to you. It'll offer you perpetual pleasure, but it never tells you that once you get addicted, that it's a never-ending vicious cycle of death. Amen. And it will take from you more than you ever wanted it to take. And many of you today are found in sin, and your life is a mess, and your life is a wreck. And you remember that first joint. You remember that first drink. You remember the lie that was told you, and you look back at your life now, and you say to yourself, if I had only known then what I know now, I'd have never took of the forbidden fruit. But now look where I'm at. But let me tell you something. Bitter number one is not the only one with the offer on the table for your soul today. But sin will make you grand promises that it cannot keep. And it will lie to you. And it will deceive you. Are you listening to me? You go on and the Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You might can make your choices, honey, but you can't choose your consequences because they will come and you cannot avoid the wages of sin because sin, one thing sin is very good at is it's a good debt collector. It will come for its full payment in your life and you cannot avoid the wages of sin and you cannot sin and say, well, preacher, that's good for somebody else, but I can handle it. Preacher, that's good for others, but I've got the bull by the horn. Well, you just go right on ahead, honey. But the Bible says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. One of these days you'll regret listening to this preacher and forsaking the truth that God is doing you a favor, that God is putting up warning signs to hell, saying, Stop, turn. While there's hope, while there's a chance, give your life to Jesus Christ and avoid the offer that sin is making you today. That's bitter number one. Let me talk about quickly bitter number two. If sin ain't bad enough and if you can't get your fill with sin, bitter number two will stand up. And some people have had their fill with sin and they're tired of it. So then they begin to listen to bitter number two. Maybe this bitter has a better offer for me. And this is the bitter of self. Uh, many people today think that they can rise above with their self-empowerment. And they begin to think to themselves, well, uh, I know that I've made mistakes, uh, but after all, uh, I am powerful uh, and I am able to kick the habit. And many people, instead of turning to Jesus, they'll turn to their self uh, in hopes that they can fix their own self and they begin to continually live for comfort and control for self but I want you to think about Esau who traded everything for a morsel of meat the writer of Hebrews said it this way in Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 15 looking diligently 
Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. You see, Esau made the mistake of selling his soul to his self. He thought that what he needed in a moment was more important than what God had for him in the long run. And he thought to himself, if I just live for the here and now, after all, young people, that's what the devil will tell you is to be, quote, unquote, happy. Just do what feels right to you. Do what feels good to you. And you hear them uh, 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 doctrines of devils floating around in our educational systems today uh, trying to teach you uh, to adapt to your truth. Well, that's your truth and I've got my truth. News flash, honey. Truth uh, is no respecter of persons. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, uh, truth is truth. Uh, and the, the, this old world has lied to you uh, and they've told you that truth is relative, that it just depends on the situation you're in. But truth is truth. Can I get an amen this morning? Your circumstances, your beliefs, your opinions, your preferences do not bear into the truth of God's eternal word. Amen. If a lie is a lie, then it is a lie, no matter what reason you have for telling it. Amen. If a lie is a sin, it's a sin, whether you want to call it a little lie or whether you want to call it a big lie it's still sin in the eyes of God amen abortion is still murder no matter when you decide to abort that baby whether it's at conception or whether it's in the night the third trimester at the ninth month murder is still murder in the eyes of God the problem that we have is many have sold themselves to the bitter of self self has convinced you to live for what pleases you and live for what you want and that's why many today choose to terminate their pregnancy for example and that's just one of many illustrations that I could use but did you know that one of the greatest reasons people terminate pregnancies today is not because they're trying to conserve the life of the mother in, a, in an otherwise dismal situation but it's because of personal preference and it's because of leisure and plans that they don't want to get messed up because of an, uh, the presence of a baby in their lives. In other words, they're willing to discard the life of an innocent child so that they can continue to live for number one in their life, S-E-L-F, self. Somebody say amen. Better number two will promise you control, promise you comfort. Are you listening to me? But it only delivers misery and bondage. And you will soon find out uh, 
that you can live for yourself, live a selfish existence, and still be found unhappy and unsatisfied and longing for something that feeds your ever-dying soul. Are you hearing me? There's a big hole in your heart that's only, uh, only created for Jesus to fit into and fill. And if you try to fill it up with yourself or anything else, you will not be happy in the long run. It'll make you miserable. It'll make you, uh, it'll put you in bondage. Amen. Uh, and that's how come sometimes uh, the daddy uh, who is the drunkard uh, uh, can uh, uh, spend more effort and energy uh, saving up for payday uh, so that he can buy a good time with his friends uh, than to put food on his table and put clothes on his children's back and make sure his wife's needs are taken care of because self uh, has been traded for his soul. Oh, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty or feel bad if you've made choices uh, uh, that prove that you're selfish uh, or prove that you've uh, sold yourself out cheaply. I'm headed to the hope of this message momentarily. And I like to say there's hope for everybody. But if I don't warn you uh, of the detriments uh, that follow these poor decisions, uh, then I'm not doing my job as a God-called preacher. Can I get an amen this morning? You need to realize that sin has nothing to offer you but death and self has nothing to offer you but misery and bondage. Amen. Now, bitter number three will step up in your life if sin doesn't make you happy and if self proves to be disappointing to you. Now you have a third bitter step up that offers solutions for you. And I like to call this bitter society. Society will step up and tell you well it takes a village to raise a child it takes a community to really be happy and society will try to coerce you and convince you into joining their clique joining their club paying your dues and going along with the flow and doing what everybody else is doing and if you'll just shut up and be quiet and do what everybody else does then uh, your life will be okay that your life will turn out good but the second you stand against the flow and get a backbone about you and decide that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, then your life is going to be miserable because society has no room for, com uh, for non-compliant citizens. Can I get an amen this morning? And, but society will promise you peace and prosperity if you'll play ball their way. Uh, but society can only deliver hope hopelessness and despair today in our society we're facing a great threat uh, in the cultural mindset of America it's called socialism and it's called communism can I get an amen uh, and it's time that we the people of God realize uh, that it's a big fat lie that's only slaughtered millions upon millions and countless millions of people throughout history and it's no different today than it was then uh, they tell you join us us. Uh, Jesus even, or the Word of God, and I believe it was the book of Proverbs, even warned us of those uh, that would say, come and let us all have one purse. Uh, let's pull all our money together and share it with one another. And what they don't tell you is once you sign the bottom line, you've sold your soul to the government, uh, and they will rob from you just about everything that you own, uh, and even uh, all the way up to even and including sometimes taking your life because you are of no value to them 
except if you are compliant with the mindset. Can I get an amen? But I'm telling you that government cannot offer this society what this society needs. I don't care what Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or anybody else promises from the White House. What's going to fix society today is when individuals on a grand scale turn in their heart from their sin to Jesus and let Jesus be Lord of their life because only then will people learn how to live servanthood lifestyles where they put others in Jesus before their self and you don't have to worry about robbing from the rich to give to the poor because Jesus will raise you up out of the dung heap and set you on a solid rock and put giving in your soul and you will go willingly of your own free accord and bless those that don't have and they don't need they don't take a government force to make you do what you need to do for your fellow man don't let society lie to you and tell you that we all need to join into one big government effort and and society can fix its own problems if we'll all just sign up under one world government it is a lie they promise you peace and prosperity but they deliver hopelessness and despair somebody say amen this morning second peter chapter 2 and verse 6 i want you to think about lot with me for just a moment do you remember lot who set his tent toward sodom sodom was that city we now know as the one somebody bring me some water please somebody needs to hear this sodom and gomorrah were those two cities now known as the ones that God destroyed for their sin. One of their great sins was the sin of homosexuality. And another of their great sins was idleness. Are you listening? Idleness. The Bible teaches us this. They had more time on their hands than, uh, than they needed. And because they were idle... They dreamt up vain imaginations. And because their hearts were filled with iniquity, uh, they began as a society to cave and crumble. What do you think the devil's trying to do to America today? By putting people on welfare in, epi- uh, in large amounts and in grand scales, trying to get people where they're paid more to stay at home than they are to go to work. Uh, I'm telling you what the devil's up to. He's trying to put idleness in people's hands uh, so that they, uh, they have time for the devil to fill their minds with the propaganda that comes across their smart devices and on their TVs uh, and trains them how to think like a communist and trains them to think like a socialist. And the idle mind, this may not be a Bible verse but it's true and I don't mind uh, is the devil's workshop somebody say amen this morning but Lot said oh that looks like a good place to go and said uh, to Abram I think I'll go down there to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, Abraham just said well whichever way you go I'm going the opposite way Because Abraham was promised a blessing, but Lot's spiritual condition was hindering Abraham's blessing. Because Lot's heart wasn't right. And Abraham knew, it wasn't until Lot separated himself from Abraham that Abraham was blessed. And by the way, it's negative people in your life that robs you of God's richest and greatest blessings in your life. Sometimes you need to cut cut the tie and move on. Amen. That's another message for another day. 
what happened? Lot thought, well, there's a society that offers my family a lot. And how many daddies today make their decisions for the family solely and entirely based upon what improves the bottom line of their family's financial portfolio? And they think, well, I can get paid more and we can get it out of debt quicker and we can uh, build our vacation home sooner and we can, even, uh, we can even go into retirement early if we'll go there and we'll do this and we'll do that. And in the name of a society, they will do things that will cost them dearly when it comes to their spiritual uh, health and vitality for their family. Next thing you know, daddy and mama... Instead of being at the house of God with their children on Sunday morning, they're either in their bass boat out on a lake or they're working extra overtime hours because after all, they don't have time right now to go to church when they can make more money. And you might as well say amen. People make choices based upon societal norms instead of what pleases God. And in the end, it's not worth it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and loses his own soul? And i like to ask it another way. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his wife and lose his children? I'm telling you, men of God, it's time for you to decide what's important in your life. Amen. Do you want your family or do you want the almighty dollar? Sometimes you can't have both. Amen. Sometimes you're going to have to make some sacrifices that might hurt the bottom dollar, but that makes guarantees that your family sits under truth week after week that will shape and form their hearts and their minds in the right direction uh, sometimes you got to make some sacrifices because you're not just making a literal investment uh, you're making a spiritual investment uh, which is far more precious than gold can I get an amen this morning I'll never forget when my wife and I made some tough decisions early on in our marriage uh, and by the way we keep making decisions that don't make good sense financially for us and I'm not talking about spending foolishly. I'm talking about choosing the kingdom of God over money-making schemes. Uh, amen. Uh, I mean, we're talented people. We could go for and build big careers with our intellect if we wanted to. Uh, but God didn't call us to do that. God called us to work the ministry. Uh, and, if God, and, and if God picks my place and picks my pay, uh, I'm just going to have to trust Him to pay my bills sometime. Can I get amen? Uh, I mean, I'm a working man. I'll do what I have to do. But the Bible is teaching me me to put God first and his kingdom first and I'm not always good at it and I'm not always perfect at it but I'm trying my best but where are the people that reject societal norms after all what has society done that is so appealing look at the mess society has ended up in when people have done what most of society does I'm telling you society will make you promises that it cannot either generate for itself nor guarantee for you We've got to start thinking outside the box. We've got to, let me rephrase that. We've got to start thinking inside the book. I think the problem is we've gotten outside of God's box. And we've thought everything but what God's thought. And we've done everything but what God said do. And can I get an amen? And because of societal norms, well, this is just what people do. Well, preacher, you can't really expect people to live like that nowadays. After all, today's different. Okay, well, is God any different? His commandments are not grievous. 
if God expects you to be at the house of the Lord to raise your family there, and by the way, He does, because the Bible says for us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, the more church we ought to have, not less. But now we're shaving everything out but Sunday morning in many places. And some places don't do that for twice a month. Because everybody's busy and society's just different now. And you can't really expect. But let me tell you something. If you set out to obey God, God will make a way for you. Where's our faith at? God can create uh, church norms that don't fit into societal norms. That will work for you and your family if you'll please God. If you'll seek to do what he's called you to do. I don't know who I'm preaching to. But I'm telling you this, bitter number three has got a hold of some folk. And they're doing what society does. uh, And they're thinking like society thinks. And they're acting like society acts. uh, And they're buying into what society's pushing. uh, uh, And they're uh, swallowing uh, the lie, hook, line, and sinker. Amen. They're buying into the propaganda. And God wants you to remember Lot and remember Lot's wife. uh, Because the Bible said, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them uh, an example or an example unto those that after should live ungodly and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds and many people today the reason Christians think like the world is because they live with the world and they do with the world and so the world is rubbed off robbed off on the Christian and now today instead of the the world world uh, gravitating towards church the church is now gravitated towards the world uh, and we've lost our salt and we've lost our ability to influence uh, we've lost our savior and Jesus said uh, if you've therefore lost your savior you're thenceforth good for nothing uh, but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men uh, how are we going to change this world by trying to blend into and act just like it somebody say amen be ye different the Bible said, be, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We're supposed to be different. We're a peculiar people. We don't think like they think because God has given us the mind of Christ. But if you think like Lot, Jesus will say, remember Lot's wife. What happened to her? She looked back, and when she did, she was turned to a pillar of salt. And many today... Jesus is calling you in closer to him to serve him to sell out to Jesus but you keep looking back uh, and the Bible says he that looks back uh, he that putteth his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit that is not equipped and not able uh, amen uh, not fit for the kingdom of God that means you're not going to function in God's kingdom looking at the world constantly oh but we try to straddle the fence and many people yeah you may be saved but you're not serving. And your soul may be securely eternal and fit for heaven by the blood of Jesus. But you're straddling the fence. You got one foot in the world and one foot in the church and you've sold your soul to society's whims. I'm not just referring to your eternal state when I refer to your soul. I'm talking about the reason you exist. Who you're supposed to be for God. 
That's why I said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, with all thy strength. Every fiber of your being belongs to him. And, and the devil should not so easily be able to talk us into selling our soul to a cheap bidder. Society. If society ain't good enough, the devil will step up. He's bidder number four, Satan. You know what Satan promises? He promises power and he promises prestige. You remember what Satan t- tried to talk Jesus into doing? Uh, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him all things, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Devil, uh, basically, the devil told Jesus, all I want is your soul. And I'll give you everything this world has to offer. The devil tried to talk Jesus into bypassing the cross. But Jesus pointed him out, called him out to be the liar, amen, that he is. He said, Get thee behind me, Satan, or get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And that needs to be your response when Satan comes offering you power and prestige. Amen. If you'll just do his bidding, if you'll just live, if you'll just live according to the lust that he entices you with. But you remember Eve, don't you? The Bible said that the serpent said unto the woman, "Ye shall not surely die." You remember God told Eve, "If you eat of the forbidden fruit in that day, you're going to die." Well, Satan comes along and says, "God didn't mean that. God's lying to you." And he said, "God knows that in the day that you first of all stop right there. When somebody else begins to inform you of what God." knows besides God you need to put a stop to that conversation right then and there somebody say amen you, you know these people oh yeah well the Lord told me to divorce my husband and go marry this one God didn't tell you no such amen because it's contrary to his word and God never speaks outside of his word somebody say amen right there Satan will lie to you and tell you God said things exactly opposite of what he said. And he said, uh, he said, God knows in the day you eat thereof that your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Basically, he told Eve, now if you'll do what I tell you, uh, not only uh, will you be better off, but you'll be as gods. You'll be a god. And isn't that what Satan's telling a lot of people in these false religions today? Why, you can be your own God. You don't have to listen to that crazy preacher up there. And the devil will lie to you and tell you that this book is lying to you. Uh, Of course he's going to tell you that because this is his biggest threat. Uh, He don't want you to weigh in and consider what the scriptures say. Because the second you begin to believe God at his word, uh, you have trampled Satan underfoot. Amen. Uh, And Satan wants to hold you in bondage. So he's going to talk you into doubting the word of God from the very first verse which says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth Uh, and if he can get you to doubt in verse number one he can get you to doubt in the rest of it but I'm here to remind you uh, that the word of God teaches us that he was the creator that we were not evolved amen Uh, and this wasn't something that happened over millions and millions of years Uh, it's alive the devil God created us in six literal days can I get an amen this morning church
church. Uh, and if we don't stop, uh, come on now, somebody amen me right here. Do you believe the Word of God or don't you? Amen. Uh, God said it, and that settles it, and therefore I believe it. I know this devil is a liar and he'll try to get you to worship him and bowing down to his ideology and his philosophy and his theology. And Satan uh, perhaps is one of the most influential preachers of our day. Because he's got many mouthpieces and he hides behind all of them. And he has his Oprah Winfrey's. You might as well say amen right there. And he has his false prophets. Amen. He has his false prophets telling you uh, to worship self, telling you that there are many ways to heaven, that Jesus is only one of many ways, and you might find a better way than Jesus. Uh, and there is no other way, but we, and the Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, if I preach it any clearer, I don't know how I'm going to. Amen. Uh, listen to me today. Uh, the devil is a liar, but he'll try to get you to sell your soul short of God's best and brightest for your life now I want to close with bitter number five all of these bidders have made quite outlandish promises none of which they were able to keep it'll be a bait and switch for you but now let me talk to you about Jesus oh glory Jesus Christ promises the benefits of his comfort Jesus Christ promises you the benefits of of his control Jesus Christ promises you the benefits of his pleasure and his bidding and his doing he promises you the benefits of his power he promises you the benefits of his prestige his peace and his prosperity and can I tell you something about Jesus he delivers on all of his promises can I get an amen in first Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18 the Bible says for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I'm telling you what heaven has put on the offering table for you. What this highest bidder has offered is the very life blood of God himself. There is not a greater or more valuable treasure in heaven besides the blood of Jesus Christ and he has stood up and said I'll give my blood for this one and I'm telling you he's got the best offer on on the table and some of you have sold yourself short uh, some of you have said yes to things uh, that won't bring you satisfaction won't bring you healing won't bring you hope uh, and you just keep believing the lies uh, and Jesus wants you to know this morning uh, that you're so precious and so valuable to him uh, that he offered the best that heaven has to offer amen uh, amen and if you spare not his own son uh, but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things think about it for just a moment he's already given you heaven's best offer anything else he does for you is pales in comparison to that and yet we have people today selling their souls cheap any of you uh, use ebay sell stuff on ebay raise your hand some of you do uh, it's a bidding platform and you hope to sell it to the highest bidder. That is, you're relying upon somebody 
to see more value in it than the last person that placed the bid. And you're hoping for the highest possible dollar amount. And what I'm trying to show you is some of you are sitting in spiritual poverty when you have a king that's bid for your soul. And the devil's made you think that you'll be happy continuing in your way. It's such a lie. And some of you, you know, I hate to say it this way. Some of you, you, you need God to knock you flat on your back where you have nowhere to look but up. And then when you're in that position, you'll finally, it'll dawn on you. You'll come to yourself like the gentleman uh, uh, that was found in the far country. He, uh, he asked his father for his inheritance and his father sent him off. Uh, and he wastes his substance with riotous living. And he sold his soul to society and sin uh, and Satan and self. And he wiped him clean and he had nothing left uh, but the husk that he fed the swine with. Uh, and one day he came to himself and uh, said, Does not my father have bread enough and to spare? And here I perish with hunger. I will arise and I'll go to my father's house. And some of you today, the Holy Ghost is dialing your number and says, Wake up, my son. You don't have to feed from the swine anymore. You don't have to be in the hog pen anymore. Get up and come to daddy's house. I got bread enough and to spare. Amen. And he has already gave his best for you. Why do you settle for such less? The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Amen. And I've got news for you. You won't escape if you neglect this offer. Because it's the absolute best offer on the table for you. Amen. He paid the price and he delivers on his word. Think about the thief on the cross. He lived his life. Amen. He sold his soul. He sold a chunk of it to sin. He sold a chunk of it to Satan. He kept a chunk for himself. And he gave a chunk of it to society. And he's got his soul scattered, used and abused and tormented. And now he's hanging on a cross, dying a cruel death that he rightly deserves. Has nothing, absolutely nothing of value to offer God whatsoever. And yet he turns to Jesus and says, remember me. He didn't, ask, he didn't pray a sinner's prayer. He didn't ask, Lord, forgive me and take me to heaven with you. All he asked was he would remember him. He didn't even think that he was worth saving. I can't ask God to save me. I've done too much. I, I would never expect God to save me. Oh, but you can. <laughs> I'm glad that he saved you anyway if you'll call on him. You see, God's value that he places in you is not the worth of yourself, but the worth that his blood brings to the occasion. See, when he purchases you, it, it's, 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 the, it's the wealth of the owner that places value on its objects. Amen? Like, for example, I got cheap stuff in my house. And if I gave you something out of my house, you probably look at it and say, well, that's cute, and probably put it in a closet and, never, and forget I ever gave it to you. <laughs> but if Donald Trump gave you anything in his house, even if it was a piece of toilet paper, you would, you would frame it, you put it in the center of your house, and you would try to see how much you could sell it on eBay if somebody wanted. Can I get an amen? Because the value is not based on the item, but on the owner of the item. 
And what Jesus is saying is, I have shed my blood to redeem you, to purchase you. And the moment that transaction takes place, your value picks up, amen. And he's offering everything for nothing. And if you don't think God can do something with nothing, look what he did with the empty space. He spoke the world and created the universes. And if God can take nothing and create something like that, surely he can take a dirty, low-down, rotten sinner that ain't worth killing, amen, and set his feet on a solid rock and establish his goings and get him, fill his life with hope and purpose and, and repurpose him for something besides he's known his whole life. Amen. Give God some glory this morning. I want to say he's after you. I like to put it this way. He's done everything humanly and divinely possible that you might be saved from your wretched self. Amen. And all you got to do, you know what the currency of heaven is? Oh, glory to God. Let me preach for just another minute. I'm trying to wrap this up. But listen to what the Bible said in the book of Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye and buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I'm glad that I didn't, when I didn't have two pennies to rub together, I didn't have anything to offer God. He said, come and buy anyway. And you know what the currency of heaven is? The currency of heaven is faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll just come to him, and turn from your sin uh, and put your faith in the completed work at Calvary. There's the transaction that makes the purchase complete. And he'll save you by his grace. And he'll forgive you of your sins. Never to be remembered against you again. And you'll become a king's kid. And God can repurpose your life from this day forward. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Why do you keep living uh, and wasting your time on this earth doing meaningless things that bring no happiness? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. God saying, I got the best offer on the table. What are you waiting on? Incline your ear, come unto me, here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. He said, not only will I make good on my promise, but it'll be a permanent promise. Not only will I save you, but there won't be a thing the devil can do after I make the purchase where he can repossess you. Amen. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He won't, and whom the Son makes free is free indeed. He don't just set you free for you to be recaptured. He makes you free. That means they can put you behind bars, but you're still free as a jaybird. Can I get an amen this morning? I'm glad that I'm free in Christ because of what Jesus did for me. You see, I was like Amy sang about. When I was a little boy, I, I know that I didn't have the kind of life that maybe some of you have before the Lord found you, or maybe the kind of life you have now. I didn't get out and drink and party and live it up and sleep with all kinds of wild women. I didn't do none of that. But you know, I still had sin in my heart. Amen. I still knew right from wrong. And the Bible says that there's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. And I still had to confess my sin to him and receive forgiveness for salvation, even as a child. And when I was worthless, hopeless, and helpless, 
One morning, September the 9th of 1990, he made an offer I couldn't refuse. And what you need to understand today, oh, glory to God, grace gives you the first right of refusal. That means when Satan, sin, self, and society make an offer to you, Amen. Grace gives you the power to say, I don't think so. I think I'll take Jesus. Amen. That means you don't have to buy into the lies. Amen. You don't have to buy into the lie that your only hope or that your only existence is what you already know or what you've already experienced. There is power in the blood to deliver the addict from his addiction. There's power in the blood to mend broken hearts, to mend broken relationships, to put families back together, to reconstruct the old waste place places of society to give America a future and a hope again. There's power in the blood to turn nations around to change the hearts of kings and I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants to make a purchase for you. In fact, he made it as a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He didn't wait till he just looked at you and decided whether or not you was worth saving. He said I'm going to go ahead and make the pre- a down payment before the foundation of the world. Amen. And that way whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you remember Hosea? The Bible said in Hosea chapter 3, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord, toward the children of Israel, who took to other gods and loved flagons of wine. So I bought her to me. <laughs> oh, Hosea was instructed of the Lord to go buy his wife, who was being unfaithful to him, off the auction block. She ended up a slave to sin. And the Lord was giving Hosea an illustration of his undying love for Israel. He said, I know she's trashy. And I know she's been unfaithful, but I want you to go buy her off that auction block. And you know what Hosea had to do? He had to go and be ready to place the highest bid on the lowest person. And he came, and she, she didn't go for much. What, what the price that was offered for her wasn't that much. There wasn't very many people interested in her. And some of you this morning, you think, well, I, I ain't worth nothing. Nobody's really ever been interested in me. Let me tell you who's interested in you. His name's Jesus, and, and he's already paid the price. I'm telling you right now, if you'll come to Jesus, you can be sold to the highest bidder. <laughs> oh, but many today have been lied to. The devil don't want you to understand and realize the price that has been offered for your soul. But if you'll come to Jesus right now, give your heart to Him, all those offer, other offers on the table that have brought you heartache, pain, despair, discouragement, distress, destruction, Jesus can wipe all that clean, give you a fresh start, and He can say, sold to the highest bidder. I'll take it. I'm glad... When the devil come knocking, say, Lord, I want that one. The Lord said to Satan, wait a minute. 
that one's mine. <laughs> and the devil goes and making promises and, and, and making all kinds of offers, uh, but he can't outbid my Lord. Amen. Uh, and I'm telling you, young people, Satan has lied to you, and God values you. God wants to fill your life with purpose, put a call on your life, use you for his glory and honor, and you can live the best life you could have ever imagined living for Jesus. Amen. This world has nothing to offer you but heartache and pain, uh, but Jesus can give you a life worth living, and you can be sold to the highest bidder today if you'll call on him in faith and repentance. Everybody standing to your feet this morning.